Hi, my name's Maeve Doyle, and you're listening to A Private View. On today's show, we have the artist Rory Hancock. He describes himself as a photorealistic artist. Uh, I saw his paintings recently at Maddox Gallery and was taken by the uh, technical qualities of what he does. And I reached out to Rory and have, have him on the line right now. So I'll let him tell some of the stories that brought him into this conversation. Hi, Rory. Hello, and thank you for that introduction. How are you? I'm well. I'm happy you're here. There's so much to you. Uh, firstly, that you've been drawing your whole life. And secondly, that your grandfather was a professional artist. I think he ha- was part of the Royal Academy and even more than that. So it sounds like you've come from a very creative background. That's right. Yeah. Unfortunately, he passed away before before I was born. But yeah, he, w- he became a um, principal of, uh, of Swansea University teaching art. Um, and really, that's how I got into uh, painting. It, it, you know, when I was younger, I was surrounded by his paintings. They were, you know, on, on the walls in my home. And, you know, I had catalogues of his artworks that had sold um, in his lifetime. And so, you know, I set about to, to reproduce some of those artworks. Um, and, yeah, I was, I'm, yeah, I'm self-taught in that respect. So, uh, yeah, he, he really played a, a big part in, in shaping my my life. Kenneth Hancock passed away in 1978, and he was a painter notably of portraits and flowers. Um, I can see the influence of him on your work, and I think it's amazing that you taught yourself through looking at his work and the way it was documented. So I can still, if anyone wants to have a look at it while we're speaking, look at Kenneth W. Hancock, and you'll see one of the early influences on Rory's work. Uh, Rory, your your photorealistic paintings are very well crafted. You have lots of skills, and you you told a great story to me the other day about uh, an application you made to Central Saint Martins. Can you tell it oh, yeah. to every everyone? <laughs> because it really, in my mind, sums up someone with the self belief to teach themselves how to paint is which is what you did you taught yourself with experts yeah. and sort of uh, sidestep the school route which also means you sidestep the student loan route i'm guessing yes yeah, so <laughs> that, that was a bit of a funny story so i i didn't really know um what avenue to to pursue when i was that age obviously i i loved uh, were you 17 creating- 18 at the time yeah, about 18, about 18 or 19 at the time. Um, and, you know, my passion was art. And, and I did, you know, ideally, I would have loved to have always, you know, become an artist. But at that time, I was being told by, you know, lots of different people, including some family members that, that you know, it, it would have been a struggle for me, you know, career-wise to, to take that avenue. Um, and so I, I was thinking about be, becoming a lawyer, if I'm honest. You know, that, that was another avenue um, that, that I was thinking of taking um and i didn't have any knowledge about history you know i was you know nobody told me what was current what was going on in the art world you know the type of uh characters and and, and just what aesthetic movements were out there what was trending um so i kind of i went into the the central saint martin's um interview because because also i was thinking it was between law and, and art so i thought i'm gonna go and just see 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 what happens um and yeah i was very green to it all and i remember I um I was in the interview process. I sat next to this girl, and she was dressed head to, t- to toe in a clown costume, you know, with the the big shoes and the the, the pointy hat with the pom poms and everything. And I just remember thinking, like, wh- like 
what is she doing? Like, I don't, I don't understand what's going on here. Is, am I in the right place? You know, and, she, you know, I was there and I had this floral piece, a little oil painting on canvas. Mm. The, the tutors, they took one look at it and um, they weren't very impressed. It, you know, it was, it was so traditional. Um, and they, they asked me who my influences were. And I remember, again, like I say at the time, I didn't really know anything about art history. I just knew what was sort of what my family liked and, and what was on the walls of my house. So I said Jack Vetriano, you know, now, uh, you know, Jack Vetriano, great, great artist in, in, in terms of, you know, a commercial work. And, you know, it's very decorative and, you know, he's, he's done really well for himself. But I think in, in, in that setting at that time, you know, he um, they, they expected a different answer. If I'm I to know, be honest, I, think they, I hear they, they exactly were, what you're saying. They didn't want great auction results and a popular artist. They want things to be difficult and elitist and not absolutely. aesthetically pleasing. And that's just not that wasn't for you. That no, no, exactly. So, um, yeah, that that went by the way, you know, I, I didn't um, obviously I didn't get into Central St. Martins, um, but the passion never left me. I still, you know, craved wanting to create and, 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 and paint. Um, and yeah, lo and behold, one day I, I was uh, rooting through the, inter uh, the Internet uh, looking for jobs. And uh, yeah, I saw a job uh, going as an artist assistant. Um, so I applied for that and yeah, then, you know, everything's just snowballed since really. And it was a, an artist assistant to an incredibly famous artist. I've heard, I don't know. I wasn't there. I've heard it was a very famous artist who, uh, really did change the shape of the art world and that you spent yeah. six years working with this artist is what I've heard. And That's I right. don't think you could have had a, a better teacher for the way that the art world was changing. What a great stroke of luck you had landing on your feet and, and learning so much from someone who's changed the art world. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. It was, um, yeah, it, it, it was it was a real turning point for me because, uh, you know, I, it, it, it did, it opened my eyes up to sort of the internal workings of the art world. Uh, you know, the business side of things as well. You know, you would hear conversations going on and, 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 and all of that as well. So, and also for me, it was, it was just a great learning experience in terms of, uh, you know, really getting to know my craft and, and, and oil paints and, you know, all of the different mediums, you know. The irony of that wasn't lost on me because this is possibly one of the, the most conceptual artists of our time. And what he was looking for in you was your ability and your craftsmanship to paint photorealistically. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, absolutely. Um, yeah, it was, it was all about technical competence when I, when I was there um, and just yeah, becoming the best at, at my craft. Um, and uh, yeah, by the time I, I'd left, you know, I was, I was very confident at that moment in time that, that, you know, I was at a level where I was, I was comfortable in terms of, of tech, technical ability. Um, it, then after, I had to obviously think about, you know, conceptualizing my ideas. And, and, and you know, it's one thing being a, a good artist technically, and it's another being uh, a, a real artist who can who can conceptualize and come up with artworks that are, are meaningful and, and, and... And relevant. And relevant, absolutely, absolutely. A another one of your inspirations is Andy Warhol, which of course is... is, is another person who changed the art world and made us look at things that were uh, ordinary in a beautiful way. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. He, um, yeah, he's, he's one of my idols. Andy Warhol is, you know, like you said, he, he just, he, he's changed the, the landscape of, of the art world that, that we live in now. 
um, and the, you know his topics, you know, with consumerism and consumption and uh, celebrity. They, you know, they're, they're as relevant now as they were back then. So this takes me to you've set yourself up with two big heavy hitters that you have to challenge and, and knock <laughs> off their pedestals. And I'm thinking about the work that I saw of yours, the Distortion series, and I want you to talk me through that. What are, What's going on there? I see a revising art history and looking at the old masters and, and uh, mm -hmm. reinterpreting them. What's going yeah. on? What are we changing? What are you taking on? Uh, well, I wanted to to create a visual representation of, of my mindset during the, the 2020 pandemic, just just at the very start. Um, like, I, you know, I set out to convey the idea through through my pieces that ideologies and beliefs that are seemingly fixed can be warped and confused, um, and that truths can be challenged in, a, in an age of you know there's so much misinformation and, and widespread propaganda. Um, you know, even history now can be reevaluated and retold with with polarizing versions of, of events so um yeah i just wanted to to really get that message out that we we don't know what's going on you know who would have thought <laughs> that that we'd be living in an age where we can you know survive a plague you know a pandemic it was you know before it happened it would have seemed mad in this day and age um so yeah however i was looking for the distortions within your canvases i couldn't see them i could just see the beauty Oh, thank you so much. Oh, I really appreciate that. Thank you. What was it like when you left the assistant role and went out as an artist on your own? It was scary. It was, you know, it was it was the unknown, and because there was, I, I didn't have anywhere to go. I, I hadn't um, planned my leaving, um, and I think while I was there during the years that I was there, I always had the mindset that this, you know, was unattainable to become an artist myself. You know, I I, I had it instilled in my head that. You know, I was an assistant and maybe forever will be an assistant because, you know, like I said, I didn't go to the, 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 the art colleges in London and I didn't go, you know, through the conventional route uh, to becoming an artist. Um, and really it was just, it was just, yeah, through sheer determination and knocking down doors and, you know, getting many, many rejections before, before anything happened. What kind of doors did you knock down? Were you going straight to galleries? <laughs> did you build an in, an Instagram? Were you talking to people? It's such a different world now than when I graduated from art school. I mean, we used we yeah. used to actually walk around with portfolios. Can you imagine? <laughs> <laughs> no, well, no, I did exactly the same thing. I did exactly the same wow. thing. Wow. Um, you know, Instagram was still in its well. I wouldn't I wouldn't say it was in its infancy when when I left the studio, but. Um, it was certainly in in the early days, so I didn't I didn't Instagram galleries. I, I would approach them um, with my portfolio, and you know, a lot of them just said no. As simple as that, and and it was off putting because I thought, you know, well, what what can I do? I'm presenting you with this this artwork that you know I'm passionate about, but really, unless you've you've got a a long bio and you've 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 gone through the right channels, you know, it, it's hard to get people to look at your your stuff. So. Um, Almost impossible, yeah, I'd say. Yeah, really, really, it, it is. Um, it, it was such a challenge. So then I, I was almost at the point of giving up. I'll, I'll say that much. I, I was thinking, you know, maybe maybe I left too soon. Maybe I should look at doing graphic design or, or you know, maybe even go back to, to, to the idea of becoming a lawyer. <laughs> um, but th there was one specific gallery um, that I'd had my eye on for, for a few years, and I really... Uh, liked a lot of the, the artists on their portfolio. 
and um, they had they had a, a a gallery not far away from from where I was living at the time. And I remember I I uh, approached the the gallery manager there, and she was lovely. And she um, we got to talking, and obviously I I gave her my portfolio, and she said you know there was only so much she could do, um, which was fair enough. But she did have a, a little dog with her, I noticed, um, and it was it was a lunch hour, and she was saying to me, you know, she would have loved to take the dog out for a walk, but you know it was busy in the gallery, and so I suggested I walk the dog. So that's exactly what I did. And then it became a regular thing. Um, so, so I was I was walking this dog for about six months, I would say, um, before she said, look, you know, thank you so much for your help. You know, I, I've got my creative director coming down to see me today in the gallery. Uh, I would love for you to be here at the same time and I'll present them your portfolio. So, you know, and I was just kind of dumbfounded. I, I wasn't ex- expecting that. And um, but really, that 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 was the start of, of of me becoming an artist because the the creative director saw my portfolio. Um, in her own words, she was blown away by it, and and you know she um, she immediately said, you know, we've got to get you up to the the head office and you know have talks with you, and and that's how how it came about. So another fantastic story because it's about relationship building. You built the relationship with the woman. Uh, who had the dog, who was the gallery manager. And then she wanted, not only did she like your your work on first impression, but she knew you were reliable, you were courteous, you were polite, you were caring, you noticed things. And those are hard, hard qualities mm-hmm. to uh, sum up and ascertain from a, an Instagram post. So I love that that's how you got your first show. So what's art for? Uh, I mean, I understand what law is for. I understand mm-hmm. what art's for. But what do you say to people art is for? It's such, I mean, that's such a loaded question, isn't it? But I mean, I, I think art or, or good art uh, should be one of two things. I think it should uh, either be an escape from the evils of the world or it should be a tool used to confront them, you know, to spark healthy debate on what's going on and what's going wrong and how to fix it, you know. That's, um, is yours possibly both? hope so i would hope i I would hope it it, you know it definitely in my mind speaks to what's going on right now um you know in terms of 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 the the confusion and 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 the you know these uh warped realities that that we're experiencing you know with with so much fake news and and propaganda and you know fact checking that's a new thing now isn't it you know we never used to have that so i think we're becoming more aware of the times we're living in and we're, we're becoming more aware of this idea that we've got to question everything and we've got to maintain a level of neutrality in our thoughts um, because we don't know if if what we're being fed is is correct information you know and that's healthy I think that's really healthy to to explore every angle of 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 information so yeah I, I would hope my art artwork it speaks about today and I hope uh, it speaks about you know I wouldn't say the evils of the world but then again fake news and propaganda that you know that can can be considered an evil absolutely if you could live with one piece of work what would it be and why and and remember money's not a deciding factor here well I mean yeah another another tricky question but um yeah the, the artwork that I I own and I adore the most is um it's probably the least expensive piece of art which I own, 
um, but it's a piece by Lucy Sparrow. Oh, I uh, saw her she... show in Mayfair last year. Oh, you did? Yes. Oh, she's incredible. Yeah, Absolutely wonderful. Incredible. Yeah. So she creates these uh, like whole supermarket installations filled with uh, products that she makes using felt, as you know. Um, Hilarious. Like everything you could ever buy, she turns into soft sculpture. Yeah. It's yeah. wonderful. So, you know, co- Coca-Cola bottles and uh, fabric softener and ev- everything. So, yeah, it's just I, I find it it's, you know, bizarre and it's fun. And, you know, the skill involved in, in the crafting of the pieces is, yeah, it's truly commendable. I think she's she's a, yeah a fantastic artist and i purchased one of her it's like a little snickers bar made out of felt um and that was it was shown in one of her her american shows uh, i was fortunate enough to to purchase that and it's uh, it hangs in my kitchen it's all framed up and it yeah, just makes me smile every time i see it i think it's just so fun and yeah cute and kitsch and yeah brilliant <laughs> If anyone wants to see your work, is there somewhere on Instagram or do you have an upcoming show or is there anywhere they can go and have a look at it? Well, sure. I've got some pieces in in Maddox Gallery on Maddox Street at the moment in London. Um, and also my Instagram is, is uh, Rory Hancock on Instagram, Rory Hancock Artist on Instagram. Thank you, Rory Hancock. I'm going to let you get back to the studio. Thank you so much for taking the time to speak to me. It's been a pleasure. You've been listening to Maeve Doyle's Private View. I am an art critic and artistic director at Maddox Gallery. This podcast is produced by Will Fitzpatrick at Soho Radio. The music is by Korshid Homi. Thank you for listening. <laughs> <laughs>